we're touched a bit when I'm going to look at this morning. But I think it's going to be life transforming. So it's all good, right? (laughs) I really do believe that in this season, we are really living a season where Christians are going to find a new freedom in Christ. They're going to really not only know that they can be free in Christ, but live it. You know, this is the season. And I was um, watching a preach uh, with uh, Chris Ballanton, and he was saying, uh, and I love this picture, it's really hard to run for battle or run for your destiny when you're dragging a gigantic suitcase. Yeah? It's really hard to do that. And basically, I feel that that's what we need to get rid of, the suitcase. Okay? And this starts by giving ourselves permission to look at what is it that we're feeling? What are our hurts? What are our, our pain? What are our emotions? What are our attitudes? And what is it that we believe which is not quite right? This is the suitcase. Okay? And too often in church, because we have been so, so, so concerned about keeping up appearance, uh, we kind of covered up a little bit all this feeling, emotion, hurts, yeah? So, you know, it was a little bit like, I'm sure you lived it. You go to a church and say to somebody, are you okay? Oh, everything is fine. The Lord has strengthened me. He is Matthew. Yeah? All this, you know. I'm victorious by the blood of the Lamb. The blood, especially the one who was really, kind of, really good. You know? Uh, you know, and then, uh, or you, you, would, you would have discussion with people and you would kind of have an offense which is created and you wouldn't hear about this person for ages and then suddenly you will receive this little text and say, you know, all is well with my soul, but I won't see you again. <laughs> you know? You know that sort of thing? Have you, you know, I've, I don't know if you experienced that. But all to say that, basically, we can sometimes use truth to cover up what's underneath. Is it still true that we are victorious by the love of, you know, the blood of the Lamb? Although those are truth, but really, sometimes we're using them, but we're not really believing them, are we? So we cover up what's underneath our internal turmoils, um, you know, our hurts, our rejection, and underneath. That things that came out of our mouth, there's actually a really thick, thick layers of crusty crap, I call it. <laughs> is it okay to say that in church? <laughs> That's what it is. It's just crusty crap. Jamie is the holy one, okay? So he doesn't say that. I'll say that, okay? <laughs> But that's what it is. It's thick layers upon layers of, you know, times we've been rejected, we have pain, and we live with it, and we learn to navigate in this world, and in our Christian world, covering it up, you know. But this is a time to be authentic, and to be transformed and delivered of all this stuff, and let it go, let it go, yeah. So when we think about the stuff that is hindering us, often we think about bitterness, unforgiveness, and those are really, really big, big things. We rarely think about regrets, okay? And so what I'm going to give you this morning is a little bit of a fresh testimony, really, out of my own experience. I was really reflecting at Christmas about the new year, and I was really praying with God, I said, Lord, I feel I need new hope, I need new hope for my family, new life for my family, and for the church, I need you to come and really push me forward, but somehow, 
You know that when you have this feeling, it's not something you're not quite right. I'm feeling, oh man, it's like I'm still driving a bit on a suitcase, but I didn't quite know what it was. So as I was, you know, praying and still speaking to God, I just said, God, God, you're going to have to show me, but I know something is up. I know, you know, you're about to show me something. And I was listening to a, a, a preach from Bill Johnson, and I can't even remember what the preach was about. But one sentence jumped up. You know what God does that, yeah? You read the Bible and one sentence jumped up. Or somebody says something and you go, that's it. And that sentence was, regrets have similar effects than bitterness. They both attach to yesterday. They erode the elfy side of the soul. And boom, that was my suitcase going up there. And I'm thinking, oh yeah, regrets, you look at the past, you basically stop. It's a bit like Lord's wife, you know, you look back and boof, that's it, you stop, you know. So I knew something was up, but frankly, even for a few days, I'm thinking, this really is speaking to me, but I have no idea why. It was like that. And I was thinking, I don't have any regrets. I can't even think of any regrets I've got. Uh, you know, and I was about to sing this really lovely song, No, yeah, no, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you know what I want? Yeah, it's famous. Probably the only French song, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to sing that, but the Holy Spirit really stopped me and said, You need to explore that really a little bit more, yeah? So I kind of like uh, started to read uh, different articles and, you know, about regrets, what really is regrets. And guess what? I found out I, la- I have a lot of regrets. <laughs> or oh, I had, because I think I'm on a journey, you know. I'm authentic about that. Uh, and basically, I had to confess to God the thing that I was thinking wrongly about. I had to repent for some stuff. And decided that I am not going to live with regrets. This is not going to be my suitcase. I don't want it. Yeah? So that's, where, that's, that's how I'm coming to you, yeah? Uh, this morning, and I hope that he will help some people as well. Okay, let me just click. So, we want to do one thing, forgetting what lies behind, and straight forward what lies ahead, we press on towards the goal. Okay, that's what we want to do. We want to live without regrets. So, regrets. Let's have a little look at what it is. Um, the dictionary is telling us that it's a feeling of sadness, repentance, or disappointment over an occurrence or something that one has done or failed to do. You see, in my mind, the reason I thought I didn't have regrets is because I was very much thinking, regret is I made a mistake, so I regret it. And I didn't thought that it was that a huge mistake in my life I made, I had regret for, so I kind of skip over. Yeah? All right? Actually, regret is much more than that. Regret could be actually blaming yourself for a bad choice or for a bad outcome. You might have made a good choice, but the outcome was not so good. And then suddenly you're thinking, oh, I regret that. Okay? Or it could be as well a sense of loss, a sense of sorrow for what might have been. Or the idea that you missed an opportunity and it's lingering in the back of your mind. So we can experience regret over action we wish we had taken, or it's a little bit the idea of what if I made another choice? What if? And living in regrets is a little bit like 
constantly looking back and ruminating about things that could have been. And this to the, the extreme can you get you really stuck emotionally. And it can provoke a lot of stress to your body. So it's really important that we get rid of it. So what are the kind of things we regret the most? The psychologists are saying there's a, around six areas in which regret, regret is very, very often there. Okay? Top one is actually education and career. You know, I wish I had studied a little bit harder. I, I wish I had studied another subject. I, I wish I had chosen another career. Uh, I, I wish I had done better when I was, was young, you know. Um, that sort of thing. And then there is a topic of romance and parenting, so more about relationship and the things we do wrong or uh, partners we choose wrong, wrongly. I'm doing that, yeah. You know, it's choice we made, and uh, maybe the things we've done with our children we wish we had done differently, you know, that sort of thing. And then finally, the, the last two are on self improvement and leisure, so it's more like, you know, I wish I didn't eat all those chips and gone to the gym <laughs> a little bit more, you know, that could be one. <laughs> you know, self improvement, I wish I had been. Um, more focus on my health. I wish I had uh, taken that trip I dreamed of, but I didn't. You know that sort of thing. So this is this is the sort of thing. Okay, let's get real. For me, those are the, the regrets I had to deal with. Okay, so when I married Jamie, so I stop you there. That's not my regret. <laughs> I did, I don't regret marrying Jamie. Okay, That's good. but when I married Jamie. What happened to me is um, we, we both decided uh, together that we will live in the UK, okay? And if I'm honest, for me, it's, it was a really high cost to pay, okay? Very high cost. It meant that, I, I'm not boasting or anything, this is just what happened. It meant that I lost an entire career, okay? So I studied eight years for something I was not really completely fully able to do, because I moved country. Okay, so that, that was a big sense of loss. Uh, another sense of loss was in terms of relationship, because in terms of my family and my friends, I had a really big network of friends and family. You know, I was 26 when I moved over. Um, and there is a sense of loss, because you can't be as close. You can't keep in touch with everybody. There are people I haven't seen for 20 years. That's as simple as that. And they were important to me. So there was this sense of loss. And uh, another thing is uh, church. So um, I was quite established where I was, so, so there was a sense of loss of maybe opportunities I could have had in France that I lost when I moved over. And basically, pretty much when I moved over, uh, I had to start from scratch, okay? And actually been treated like an idiot for most of my time here, <laughs> you know? I mean, let's, let's be honest, if you're a foreigner and you move country, you we relate to me, that when you don't speak very well the language or you've got an accent, you've got to deal with quite a lot of things when you arrive first, yes? Yeah, yeah? you relate to that, yeah. okay? And for whatever reason, people think you're a little bit more stupid than, than you are, okay? So that's what you have to deal with. So you see, the tech would be a bit like, for me, it would be like, wow, what if you had stayed in France? Look at where you are now and what you achieved. I think you would have done a lot better if you'd stayed in your own country. You see what I'm saying? Mm. Some things I'm completely free. 
Some things like Carrie, it never mattered to me that much because I always knew God was my number one. And I always knew I was called to serve him first. So those things have budged more. But this, what if, you know, what even, what, what can people think? What people think about you when now you're doing this and, you know, in France you were set up to do this. You see what I'm saying? That sort of regret. Okay. So, uh, or sometimes it could be like, you know, you look for your Facebook and you see old friends and they're doing really what seem doing. They seem to do better than you. Yes. Mm-hmm. And something in your heart pinches. You know that feeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people have that feeling. It's just a slight thing. You just go, oh, that hurts a little bit. You know, it's not that you don't want to rejoice for them. It's that actually that's regret. Yeah. You have something in your heart. You can't really completely... It pitch first in your heart because you you have a regret. Okay? So, that's the thing I had to come to God with and say, Oh God, hold on. What is your perspective on this? What are you saying? What are you saying? Because I am not meant to live in regret at all. And free from regret. Yeah? So let's look a little bit deeper. You see, I think regrets is not always bad. Stay with me a second. It's not always bad. It can be a helpful emotion if it happens to change our behavior. So for example, part of the reason why some addicts recover their addiction is because they have regrets and they want to change. So this regret is transformative. Because they, they want to, to change their behavior. Yeah? So not all regret is bad. So for example, uh, I don't think as a teenager, I've always um, honored my mom and dad as I should have. Okay? That's one of my regret, And I think it's a jolly good regret because now I treat them a lot better. You know what I'm saying? So that sort of regret is great, it's transformative. We can change, we can do something about it. It's regrets you can change. It's when you can't change what happened that you can find yourself in this torment of what if. It can turn into rumination. It can turn into chronic stress that damage your mind and your body. Okay? Actually, there is a study from Concordia University who says... Um, and I'm just going to quote very free, I won't give you numbers or anything. The emotional stress of regrets can trigger biological deregulation of the hormones and immune system. Okay, so both your hormones, both your immune system can actually be completely deregulated by regrets. And that makes people more vulnerable to develop clinical health problems like whether it's a cold or even potentially long-term health problems. Interesting, no? Mm. Okay. okay, so let's look a little bit at what the Bible says about regrets and what we should do about it. Okay. There's an amazing verse in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. It says, For godly sorrow produces Produces, is that correct? A repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly sorrow produces death. 
Did you read that? Yeah. Okay, I'm going to say it again. Godly sorrow produces repentance that leads to salvation without regret, whereas worldly sorrow produces death. Okay? So when we are in pain, and when our regrets of pain about the past, okay, leads us to repentance, it's good. You see what I'm saying? Amen. So, it's a good pain. Because we can go to God straight away and say, Wow! I've heard this person. Lord, I have this issue with anger. Or I have this issue with bitterness. Forgive me. Come and forgive me. Change my heart. And this produces fruits. Yes? And in John 1 verse, verse 9, it says, If we confess our sin, is faithful and just to forgive us and cleans us from all unrighteousness. You know that verse, yes? So when we have godly sorrow, when we have pain or regrets about things we can change, we can go to God and say, wow, I didn't realize I, I, I make this mistake in heart, that person, Lord, forgive me. Yeah? And we come. And this leads us to salvation. So the produce of that <coughs> is salvation in Jesus. Yes? But notice, it's not just salvation. It's salvation without regret. Okay? It's salvation without regret. That, that means it's a place where there's no room for any more regret. It's dead, we, it's gone. That's it. Okay? We, we're dead with it. Okay, and remember, Jamie was preaching uh, last week about Paul. You know, Paul who had actually murdered some Christians. He was able to say, "I am who I am by the grace of God. There's no blame. There's no shame for me." Okay, I am not going to care about people's assessment. I don't even care about my own assessment. I care about what Jesus says of me, and because He died on the cross for my sin, for my mistake, for my failure then I will leave this salvation with no blame and no shame. Yes? So, it's good news, isn't it? Very good news. Um, so, godly sorrow, and if, we have, if, if this sorrow is required, will lead to repentance, it will lead to fruit, whether it's your conscience, or whether it's your, the Holy Spirit who prompts something in your heart, it will lead to fruit, it will produce life in your heart, and it will allow uh, us to grow. That's the main important thing. Amen. Now, what happens when the sorrow is worldly sorrow? Okay? Well, worldly sorrow, on the contrary, leads to death. Why? Because really, what it does is completely immobilizes us. It leaves us in a kind of stagnant pool where we don't grow, we don't change, and we hold back because we constantly look back. We're ruminating on our mistakes, and we're obsessing about people's opinion, and what we end up doing is fantasizing about what could have been. Can you see the difference there? Yeah? Often those uh, godly sorrow are about the feeling that we've lost something, or the fact that we attach too much importance on what people think, mm. really. 
And I just want to read you a couple of um, quotes that I think is very helpful from a guy called Kevin de Jung, who talks about what is worldly sorrow. He says, worldly sorrow often has to do with pride, ego, and humiliation. It cares about man's opinion instead of God's opinion. We feel terrible because people around us think we are silly or stupid. We feel sorry for the past because people no longer think highly of us like they once did. We feel deep, deeply distressed because we love the praise of man, not because we have the fear of God. So worldly grief is not good grief because it leads to death. Okay? And if we're honest, if we're honest sometimes it happens to us, isn't it? Okay. So that's when I'm looking back and I'm thinking, oh, yes, I think I've really messed up my career. What really I'm saying is, oh, God, people are looking at me and saying, you're a failure. That's what, that's what the, so, so it is about ego and pride and the feeling that we're a little bit humiliated. But actually, we take their perspective or their eyes instead of God's perspective. And that's, that's deadly, isn't it? Yeah? You see, worldly grief does not allow you to process your heart with God. It's not like this. It's just, well, looking at your belly button, really. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> okay. It doesn't allow to, to do this, to really process your heart with God. So worldly sorrow produces despair, bitterness, depression, because it focuses on regret for the past, which cannot be changed. Or the present consequences which can't be fully avoided. Instead of personal sinfulness which can always be forgiven. Okay. Sometimes where we say, oh, I look at what I've done and I can't forgive myself. I just can't get past that. I can't forgive myself. I could have been so stupid and make that choice, make that decision, yeah? And we wrestle with forgiving ourselves. Okay. And again, here's a really, really good quote. It says, Sometimes when we are not able to forgive ourselves, it's often because we have regrets and focus on our lust and what people think, not on our sin, for which we receive complete forgiveness at the cross. So we have to make a choice. Are we going to put Jesus first and believe his promise for the rest? Yeah? Are you with me? Yes. Okay. So, if we have regrets, what can we do? Okay. I think it's pretty clear that for some stuff, we just need to repent. We need to repent. So, um, if we made mistake and hurt people, we need to repent and ask forgiveness for these people if it's possible. Okay? If we realize there's something in our, in our life that's not quite wrong, right and we have a right about that and we can change it, you know, just, just come and repent. Repent with God. Okay? And forgive yourself. Forgive yourself for what you've done wrong. Um, I mean, the stuff like, for example, um, you might look back and say, oh my gosh, I don't know, I mean, I'm making it up now, yeah? But in my 20s or in my 30s, oh, I was so easy, I really missed the buttons days. Well, then you stop and say, okay, God, is there really apathy? 
and laziness in my life. Talk to me, Holy Spirit. You don't need to feel condemned by it. You just say, you come to God and say, do I need to repent for that? And remember, godly sorrow leads to salvation without regrets. So God, A, if it's true, will forgive you. And B, will come and transform you. Yes? But we mustn't go into this blame and shame kind of circular thing. We mustn't go there because it's salvation with no regret. That's what Jesus has done at the cross. So we need to recognize God's perspective and place his perspective above any other perspective. Whether it's the opinions of others, whether it's our opinion, we place his perspective before, yeah, and we repent for what we, what we can repent. Now, the second thing, which is really, really important, and is really, really hard to do, is to be compassion, compassionate to yourself. Amen. Okay? Let's face it. Some choice we make, we just did the best we could at the time. You know, insight is a beautiful thing. But most of, well, most of the time, we go through life, we do the best we can. We're not God, are we? We do the best we can. Sometimes, you know, we, we, we talk and we say, oh, what would we have done differently in our 20s and whatever. And often, it comes back and say, mm, I think we would have a little bit more fun. That would be good. Because not take ourselves so seriously. And the other thing we would have done is say, oh, if we could have been a little bit less insecure, you know, and not compare ourselves, and really that would have helped us in church as well. But then, yeah, okay, we were often, really, we were often, but this revelation of God the Father came later on in our lives. So we did the best we could. <laughs> we love God. Uh, we know we pursue God in the best way we knew at the time, but we just didn't have that revelation of God the Father and how He is and, and this amazing thing you know, about His identity. So we did the best we could at the time. And sometimes you just have to say yourself that. Mm. Okay? That at the time it looked like the best decision. It didn't work out, but I couldn't know that. Be compassionate. Okay? You see, it's about the journey and what we learn from the journey. And I think one of the things which is very powerful is then being grateful for what you learn. So being able to say, God, you are so faithful. You know, this didn't work out. But now I know about this. You redeemed it in that way. You know, I just really have a heart which is really full of thankfulness for Jesus. Now, I think a key thing as well in this process, which really helped me a lot, is to align ourselves with what God believes about us. Okay? Align our thinking with what God believes about us. Okay, let's take the example of Peter in the Bible. Okay? Peter, big blunder, as everybody knows, well, he's done quite a few, but he renied Christ, he renounced Christ three times. Okay? Three times he denied that he was a disciple of God. What a devastating choice. 
you must have thought, oh my gosh, what have I done? I think actually he was stuck after that. He was kind of, you know, he disappeared, you know, under the ground. And he thought, oh, and he probably thought, oh my gosh, I'm not, I'm not as brave as I thought I was. You know, remember before he was like all bravery with his sword and he went to cut off the, you know, the guard's ear, yeah? He was like, yeah, Jesus, I'm going to go for you, yeah! And then suddenly he's there at the cross and a couple of people, random people, not even like police people, you know, just come and say, well, are you one of those guys who were with Jesus? No, 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 no. He must have been devastated to say, wow, I'm such a coward. I'm so disappointed with myself. It's a big blunder, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> what a case for regret there. Mm. But then, if you read the last chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus comes to him on the beach. Mm. You remember? Mm. And he said to him three times. So, as many times that Peter has spared him, as many times he asked him this question. So, Peter, do you love me? And every time Peter said yes, uh, and then Jesus said, "Leave my sheep." Three times, three times. And actually, even I think Peter is a little bit puzzled at one point. He said, "Is a little bit saddened that he asked him again the question." You know? But I think it was a redeeming of this terrible thing he had done three times. Now, well, the lesson here is Jesus was more bothered about the connection. The question is, is not, are you going to do it again? No, no it's, do you love me? So Jesus was bothered with the connection there. He said, do you love me? That's the most important thing. The relationship I have with you, that I love you, that you have with me. That's the most important thing throughout your life. And then when Peter said, yes, I love you, Jesus. What does Jesus do? He, he basically reminds him of his destiny. Lead my sheep. Yeah? So, yeah, you've not lost anything. You, yeah, you, you, that was really bad what you did. But you've not lost your destiny for this mistake. You know, if you connect to me, here it is again. Here it is again. Lead my sheep. Yeah? And I think that's what God does to us. Whatever happened in our lives... Okay, God comes to us and says, Do you love me? Mm. He whispers, Do you love me? Say, Yes, Jesus. Well, He's got this, He's got us. Okay, and you, you haven't wasted your time. He will, he will remind you of your destiny, He will redeem the time, He will change those bad things for good because that's the kind of God He is. So, the last thing we have to do really is believe His promises. Trust that he will work it for good. We know this verse, do we? Mm. Romans eight twenty eight. We know he's going to work it for good. Okay. Even the thing, of course, you know, where our mistakes, or even the thing that didn't turn out very well, he will work it for good because he loves us and we love him. And we need to trust that he's going to restore us and give us new things. And you can read. I think did I put the verses here? Mm. Yes. You can read in Joel um, chapter 2, 25, and in Isaiah, this very famous verse where he said that he will restore to us the years of the swarming locusts. Yes? 
You know that verse. So he will restore it. He will restore it. Okay? And in Isaiah he said, remember not the former things. Not consider the things of old. Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Yeah? So forget it. Forget it. Leave the suitcase alone. Kick it. Kick it back. Kick it back. Move forward. Okay? Move forward. Because he's doing a new thing anyway. Okay? And be practical. Be practical. Work through your regrets. Don't be afraid of the good pain. The good pain will lead you to repentance and change. Yes? And the bad pain, which is ruminating about the whole thing, and how it should have been, maybe, or the what if, kick that off. Because we are meant to live a gospel of salvation with no regret, no shame, and no blame. So you've been, you've been the worldly soul, be the old you know, the regret that you can't change anything. And you just, with Holy Spirit, work on the thing you can. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Could you all stand? Mm-hmm. When I was preparing this, I saw a picture, and the picture was of a big, big house. A little bit like, you know, one of these very big French country houses. Okay. I say French because there was a lot of shutters, and I know that's very French, okay? So imagine a uh, house with a lot of shutters, okay? And I saw the shutters being like blown away open, okay? And I felt that God was saying that understanding where we are at in our emotion, in our feelings, it is like we're unlocking the shutters, you know? We, 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 we control the lock of our houses. We can lock, we can open, we can, yeah? And I think that understanding where we are at is like unlocking the shutters of our house. And I saw him coming with the Holy Spirit and blowing through the whole house, through all the cavern of our souls, blowing with his power. And almost like, you know, re-oxygenating the house. You know, fresh life, fresh air. And I saw him coming in every part of our lives. You can picture it, yeah? The shutters are open and the Holy Spirit comes. And comes in every little room. Okay, refresh the air. Refresh the air. And I just want to pray that over you. Father God... You are so, so good to us. We are, we are so amazed about your love, your tenderness. Jesus, let us leave regrets at the cross. Let us kick it out of our life, Jesus, because of what you have done. We pray, Holy Spirit, right now, just come and blow through the cavern of our souls. Blow in every every little corner, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that in the next few weeks, you know, if we have regrets, you just show us. You show us and help us to deal with the regrets, Jesus. Help us to deal with that once and for all, Jesus, so where we can move forward in the power of your blood. Thank you that you are so good. So, so good, Jesus. We love you, Jesus.